two, one, two. Bismillah, it's Mr. Isla. Uh, you know, see? you know, she knows. <laughs> when I see comments and stuff, I'm like, I'm not even gonna lie, nowadays I'll just give it back and I'll just start cussing their mum. <laughs> this is my director's cut. Bismillah, it's Mr. Islah. You are listening or watching the Director's Cut podcast on the CS Network. And obviously, every guest gets a special intro. In a world where memes took over the feed, one girl will rise above the noise. She is BAFTA award-winning Queen Mehreen, coming to a throne near you. <laughs> That's better than Game of Thrones intro, if I'm honest. It's not, very good. You know, not kind of bigging myself up, but... But you are. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, man? Nice and uh, social distant little yes. COVID podcast. COVID safe. COVID safe. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming, man. I know it's been like a long trek. When I saw what area you were coming from, <laughs> I didn't even recognise like you look like Narnia. <laughs> I was just like, raw, okay, she's dedicated. I better make an effort. So, boy. Um, all right, basically, what I do just to get warmed up um, is ask random questions. Okay. Right, so you get three random questions. And the first one is... I'm not very good at these kind of quick fire thing. I'm not good at it. Don't worry, it's not quick fire. You can think about it. Okay. But here's your free random question. Question number one. If you could co-present with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Oh my gosh. Michelle Obama. Rah, you feel that quick. (laughs) And you're like, oh, I'm not good at fire fire questions. I can't... (laughs) Firstly, I don't sound like that. (laughs) Um, I think Michelle Obama. I just think she's incredible yeah i think she is a fantastic role model for young girls for girls of diverse backgrounds i think she's passionate about education that's something i'm really passionate about so i think we would just but she's still cool yeah do you know what i mean like it's very easy when you're talking about education or empowering young people to become boring and for people to switch off and she's not boring so i think I think we would get on really well. <laughs> nice. All right, question number two. If there was an audiobook on your life, who would narrate it? Oh, me. No, it can't be you. Why? You can't narrate your own audiobook. Answer the damn question. <laughs> <laughs> you can't change the question, man. Okay, ask me the question again. If, okay. Okay. Do you want me to ask you in like a different tone of voice? <laughs> like, if there was an audiobook based on the life of Mehreen Beg. Yeah. Who would narrate it and why? Michelle Obama. <laughs> why is it Michelle Obama? <laughs> hey, Michelle, Michelle, if you're listening, yeah, hold out your girl because you got a fangirl here, bro. <laughs> Beyonce. Beyonce. I don't know. Who would, you, who would you make narrate my life? I don't know. Um, definitely not Morgan Freeman. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it'd be a woman. Once upon a time in North London, yeah. there was a young girl named Marine. There was. And who would be saying that? Whose voice do you picture? Is it British? Is it American? I swear I don't know. <laughs> no, come back to that. Come back to that. I told you I'm not good at these. I will go for Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle Obama. Third All question, right. Michelle Obama. Third question. Okay. Everyone gets this question on the podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. If you could be a character in a movie. Yeah. And live in that reality. Yeah. Who would it be and why? Elwood's Legally Blonde. Really? 100%. Oh my gosh. You're the second person to say that. You really? Know? Yeah. Oh. My friend Nikita came on the show and she said, I want to be like legally blonde. Oh my God. I, I just think it's it's my favourite film. Yeah. I think she is the most amazing character. Yeah. I think it's 
I just think all young women should watch it because she's all about people thinking or people assuming she's a certain way, people assuming she's not clever, people assuming she's not kind because of the way she looks. Mm. And actually she's like, do you know what, Warner? I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to do better than you. F you all. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be in a courtroom as well, courtroom drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Sick. that. Okay. Definitely. That was your little warm up. Um, I had to do like fair research on you, man. But shout out to Samir who helped me out. Yeah. But um, you have done a lot of stuff, man. Like you just came out of nowhere. In, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we met on uh, after the Prince of Egypt. Yes. Yeah, that's when we actually met. So we've never actually had conversation a conversation yeah. a proper conversation proper. beyond like hi yeah and i, I met you at, at, at prince of egypt because i knew sophia yes so she was on a shoot that i was directing and then i knew you from muslims like us yeah because i watched it back back in the day and then obviously here and there when i social media and you kind of know everyone but like you went from teaching yeah to blogging yeah to tv personality to tv presenting that's a weird transition going yeah. from teaching in a school to kids and then transitioning onto TV. Like, was that random or was it, was it like totally planned? It was totally random. No, it was absolutely never planned. Yeah. Um, what was it? Tell, tell me the journey. Like, how did it start? Were your mum and dad like, no, I don't want you to do this? <laughs> tell me, like, give me the lowdown in it. Talking through the journey. Yes. So, um, I was teaching mm-hmm. and I loved it. Did you teach like secondary or primary? I taught secondary and sixth forms, 11 okay. to 18 year olds, okay. GCSE and A level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of all I ever wanted to do. I, I loved teaching and yeah. I was an English teacher. Okay. So one day I was at work. This sounds like your audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should narrate it, you know. One day I was at work. Yeah, go on, go on, carry on, sorry. <laughs> one day I was at work yeah. and um, something really irritated me. Yeah. So I, and I had a free period that morning. Okay. So I wrote... I guess you'd call it a blog. I wrote a blog about it, but I didn't really even know what blogging was. I wasn't on, on Instagram at this point. I didn't mm. have a Twitter at this point. I I wasn't on any socials. I just I just talked, went home, slept. That was my life. Mm. And so I wrote this article, this piece, and I really liked it. I thought, oh, this, this is a good piece of writing. Mm. So I put it up on the internet for my friends to see. And the next morning, I remember I put it up at like midnight. And the next morning, people in Uganda and Kazakhstan were reading it. It was what? That's like <laughs> the most random country. Like before, your mum's even read it. Like Kazakhstan's got hold of it, bro. It was it was everywhere. So the Telegraph found it. They ran an article on it, and the yeah. BBC found it. Okay. And they got in touch. They left a comment on on the blog and said, "We're from the BBC. We want you to take part part in this new documentary. Can you get in touch?" And I got quite excited because mm. I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. And then I was at work and I had a phone call and it was about Muslims like us. Okay. So they said, well, we want you to do this show and there's going to be 10 Muslims and they're going to be living in a house, etc." And I said, no. Oh, you it, said no? No, no. I said, yeah, yeah. I said no for about three months. Okay. So for three months, they were very persistent, which mm. I'm very grateful for now. But at that time, I thought, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Mm. It sounded like a Muslim big brother. And I thought, yeah. you know, you don't really get girls who look like me, Muslim girls, young Muslim girls, etc., on on mainstream telly. So it's going to be a stitch up and they're going to put mm. me in a house with loads of people who are going to tell me I can't be Muslim because I've got my nails done because I've shown my hair. Who wants to do that? Mm. <laughs> Why would I want to put myself through that for three yeah, weeks? Yeah, yeah. So I kept saying no. And they said, look, can we come to your house, speak to you and your family? 
bro, they went in. It, yeah. It's like a marriage proposal, bro. <laughs> BBC out here doing a rich though with you. Oh my days. Okay, um, and, and we want to talk about any concerns that you have. They bring have. gold in that, yeah? <laughs> they brought all the sauna, innit? They brought the gold. Why do you think I said yes? So they came and it was actually my dad yeah. who said... Um, Better. <laughs> do you know, it's really weird. I still remember and he said, I didn't raise you to be weak. I didn't raise you to be stupid. So what are you scared of? He was like, you've got so much to give to the world. This is your chance to do it. Opportunities don't come all the time. Shout and that, that day I said yes. And... Then Muslims like us did really well, and obviously we won the BAFTA, mm. we won the RTS, the Grizz, and like it did so well, and it just kind of exploded. So for a year, I was still teaching while I was doing my first year in presenting because I didn't want to leave something stable mm. for something that could just be like one hit wonder done. So I would sort of Hannah Montana, I'd go to work in the morning, mm. and then I would change my clothes and go and present in the in the evening. That's a lot of us though. Yeah. That was honestly a lot of us. I'm from South London, right? I used to work in Peacocks and Catford. I used to mop the floors and then literally go and do filming. Then I used to work in Zara behind the till, saving yeah. up for a camera. Then I was working in the Apple store. I was yeah. doing all these things. And then it's like I'd be at an award show one night. Yeah. And then uh, like nine o'clock shift the next morning. It was weird. It, was it weird. is. And it is. It's a really bizarre place to be. So like I did my BAFTA speech one night. And mm. the next morning at seven o'clock, I was doing a GCSE masterclass. And I just thought... It was just really a weird place to be. Mm. And then I got promoted at work and long story short, I just thought I've got to pick one. Which one am I picking? Mm. Never going to be able to buy a house on my teaching salary. Let me just give this a go. And I resigned from teaching three years ago. Damn. That's basically what happened. Did did your kids miss you? (laughs) Yeah, I miss the kids, I think, more than they miss me. Yeah, Yeah, I do. I miss teaching a lot. But I kept my foot in it. Like, I... I go back, if I'm not filming, I go back to my old school, mm. I will help out, I go to school trips, I go to school discos, if there's any <laughs> behavioural problems and they need me, yeah. so I very much stay in it, I help out at tuition centres, yeah. I think that, I don't think t- telly's my forever, yeah. I love it, but I don't think that's my forever, my forever will be with young people. You are literally doing documentary or programme, you're doing loads of things that are like related to contemporary issues. Uh, things that you're passionate about but the main thing what i see when i see you on screen you're doing things that most asian female presenters i wouldn't see doing like in in a good way in a good way and no shade on everyone anyone else or yourself or anything but like why do you think we don't see more people like yourself on these kind of programs is it because you have a certain niche is it because the success of what you did before do you like know the right people like what is it i think it's a mixture of all of those things Mm. so i think I was very fortunate in the fact that when I started my TV career, Mm. the commissioner on my program, in fact, the whole team behind Muslims Like Us were rooted from within the Muslim community. Mm. So I had a commissioner who was a Muslim woman who wanted to champion a young Muslim woman. I was fortunate in that sense. She commissioned, went on to commission a lot of my other shows too. So that was, I guess, one of the reasons why my career didn't die immediately because I Mm. had someone championing me, which we don't always have. I think um, another aspect of it was down to the fact that, you know, I, I worked really, really hard after the release of Muslims Like Us when I was like, I would make sure 
every single, even if it was a five minute film for the one show that I went to, my lines were like the script that they didn't even expect presenters to look at because it's not a scripted show, but I'd be memorized. Then I'd do my background research just to make sure I could bring something extra to it. Mm. I like, I went in and I did, and I would send like any contacts I had made, I would, at nighttime, be researching ideas of other things I could do, and then I'll be emailing them out as a treatment. I'd write a page t- treatment. I'd say, mm. "This is why it's needed. This is the audience. This is the these are the questions I want to raise. This is the purpose," and I would send it through. And actually, I don't know. It's I'm not saying it's a, it's right because it's not that as an Asian presenter or as a presenter with diverse background, you have to, you have to go that extra mile mm. because I know for a fact other presenters aren't aren't doing that they turn up to their job do their thing and they leave Mm. but i knew i wanted to make it work Mm. and so i did put in the extra grind if that makes sense and then of course like it was also you know they after muslims like us because it did so well Mm. i had that backing behind me so they were like oh there is an audience for her there are people who like her like we had how many millions of people watching the show and people so i think in the in tv land <laughs> then they're not very um they don't really like to take risks as much as they say they do so that's what it is so the only time you will get someone backing you really if i'm honest is if they see that there's a market for it mm. they will never like if i was just in school who knows would they have come and said oh yeah we see you you could be something great no mm. but they waited to see that i that i had that interest and then they were like yeah we can get behind her we can push her does that make sense yeah no you know I've, I, I wouldn't have even thought of it like that. yeah i wouldn't even thought of it like because i'm in my head i'm like wondering um like it's nice to see you doing things like the secret behind cosmetic surgery the one show sunday morning, morning live with my jammer and everything it's like seeing that it's nice seeing a brown face basically um doing those sort of things because i mean growing up i've said this before growing up all i saw was connie huck and that was the only thing and when i see you doing that stuff it just makes me question like how come the industry isn't like hiring more of us yeah you know what i mean completely i mean it's you know it's really tough because i've i have nowhere near like made it but i'm i'm doing stuff and i but mashallah you you are doing well thank you like I, i had to research the hell out of you so like I had to like, absorb all this information like in like a night. So I was like, right, she's actually mashallah done really well. It's tough because particularly when you're Asian, yeah. you're not even seen as like cool. Yeah. You're not seen you're not mainstream because you're not white. You're not like it's really hard to kind of create a space for yourself. Mm. And then when you do make a space, then people want you to only talk about Asian issues and only talk about Muslim issues. I was born and brought up. I love my heritage. I love my culture. But I was born and brought up in North London. And there are things that like, so many things I can talk about beyond my experience as a Pakistani woman. And I think they kind of don't know what to do with you. They don't, like when they've got you, they're really excited. But then they kind of don't know where to go from there. And then I don't think it helps from actually, if I'm completely honest, I don't think we kind of back each other enough. Yeah. As in the Asian community? Yeah, I don't think they do. So, like, if you... That's a bold statement. I think that we don't. And, like, I think that's just facts. I don't think we can deny the fact that we, particularly as an Asian woman or a Muslim woman, Mm. I probably faced more backlash from my own community than I have from people outside my community. And actually, Mm. when you actually look at my work, I've always, always, like 
presented Islam as something that's really important to me. I've mm. always presented my religion as something that I really believe in. I've had like debates on telly about people about how, as a Muslim woman, how much I love my religion. I have always presented my culture as something that's really important to me. I've never shied away from the fact that like, I am a Pakistani at home. We, this is the food we're eating. We're eating with our hands and spoken about like, I've made such an effort mm. to present us in like a positive light and people will pick on like one statement, take it completely out of context because they simply have decided from the get-go that they don't like you. Mm. Like, if I'm completely honest, in three years of telly, or within my first year and a half of telly, I have fronted my own mainstream TV slots on BBC One, on BBC Two, like, I had done incredibly well, mm. and I don't think I was given near enough respect as much as I deserved for that, because there aren't there are lots and lots of people trying to break through yeah. who weren't able to do it. Yeah, that's deep, man. <laughs> this podcast got deep, like, you know, what? I have to say thank you for sharing that because it takes a lot of guts to just come out and say that, and yeah. you're not wrong. Listen, I've I started on YouTube. I started on like Instagram wasn't about when I started. It was just Twitter, and I've experienced the other end of you know scrutiny and whatnot and i've seen the most judgmental community online is a muslim community ironically because in the quran in, in the sunnah it's taught that we're not see, not even supposed to judge we're supposed to make make excuses for your brethren and um, you know conceal each other's sins and, and you're supposed to be so concerned with your own sins so concerned with your own sins that everyone else's sins are invisible to yeah. you and do you know what i'm not obviously i'm not saying my sins should be invisible because yeah maybe i mean i'm on telly so mm. i am exposing myself and doing everything on telly or on instagram but if you're that concerned drop me a message mm. don't act like you're doing an islamic thing yeah. by by slandering me mm. online it's horrible i would just like to see all the haters just come and say it to your face mm -hmm. do you know what i mean when i see comments and stuff i'm like i'm not even gonna lie nowadays i'll just give it back and i'll just start cussing their mum. <laughs> The other day, someone like tried to have it out on me on the comments here, and I was like, I just started cussing his mum, and he deleted his account. I wasn't even sorry. I wasn't even sorry. Speaking about the Muslim community and how much uh, backlash you've had, and blah 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 blah. As a Muslim South Asian woman who has got the guts, and it's a it's a thing that people don't really realize, right? Who has got the guts to go on TV as a positive. Uh, role model right how do you deal with people's negativity like does it keep you up at night um or do you do you just pretend to get over it or like how do you i know that's a deep question yeah. i didn't expect it to be this deep here but <laughs> like it's I, I think for guys it's a lot easier because i can just cuss their mum. do you know what i mean whereas for you like how do you deal with it um okay so when i first started i was i was lucky after muslims like us mm. the response was so overwhelmingly positive that I didn't the minor minor hate didn't really mean anything mm. I think it was particularly after one of my documentaries where okay so it was two-sided so the first issue was the fact that the team that was making that documentary was entirely white and when I watched the cut I raised a couple of things that I wasn't happy with. Mm. And I said, these things are gonna cause a problem. 
and I don't feel like it's sort of fair representation of what I believe in. Mm. So we need to change it. But it was, again, I hadn't even done one year in telly, so I didn't have that much force behind me to kind of kick up a fuss. Mm. You don't want to be seen as like a diva. You don't want to be seen as someone who's like difficult. Yep, I know them ones. Um, and it was kind of brushed off and they were, it was a lovely team. They just couldn't see it. They couldn't see it from the lens that I could see it as somebody who was Asian. And it was sort of brushed off as nerves and anxiety. And they said, oh, well, don't worry. You know, it's all right to be nervous. It, it will be fine. There's nothing wrong with it. So on one hand, that was the issue. On the second hand, I think people were totally fine with it when it came out until one particular person kind of started this campaign against me. And it was, the campaign was not just, oh, I thought this was problematic because of X, Y, and Z. It was full on hate, like full on, we're going to make sure she's never on TV again. And started this like petition to Tony Hall, like the head of the BBC, writing emails saying she shouldn't be allowed to have a show again. And then people, because that got sort of retweets and likes, Mm. People started jumping on the bandwagon. And so people were like basically writing poems and shit, like (laughs) jumping on saying, you have shattered the glass ceiling, but the glass has fallen on us. Like it was people literally, and I- What you talking about, Willis? (laughs) And I literally, I couldn't really believe what was happening. So on on one hand, it was really frustrating because I was like, I knew some of this would be a problem. And on the other hand, I was like, half of you have not even seen the show. Half of you have not even seen the program. And you're just jumping on, exactly. And what you're actually doing in the process is trying to ruin my life. (laughs) And that was a really difficult time. And that was the same filming that while we were filming, um, we were in a predominantly Asian area. And during filming, we were physically attacked. And Are you these, serious? Yeah. And these guys recognized me from Instagram. And there were like five boys in a car smoking weeds off their heads. Mm. And they started screaming that I was a slag and a prostitute and how I encouraged their women to work. And actually, I'm just a whore. And oh it's, my and they're like, God. they're literally, you can smell the weed from the car and yet they're shouting, is this what the prophet's wife was like? Is this what the prophet's wife was like? And then they tried to, they got the car into the pavement and tried to run us over. And record, Are you f- Where was this? I, I don't really want to say, okay, I'll tell okay, you why. Okay. Because what, what was most upsetting about that whole scenario yeah. was I was in the middle of recording a piece to camera where I was saying that there are areas that have been so negatively portrayed in the past by the media and there are places where where people have been vilified and have to live with the reputation that the media has created for them. Mm. And yet I've met some of the most amazing young men in this place. I've met, and while I was in the middle of standing up for these people, they tried to run me over with a car. And Yo. then the backlash of the show. And I just thought at that point, I was like, I don't want to do this shit. Like if everyone's yeah. going to find a reason to hate me when I've literally never said a bad word about anyone. And like, yeah. I go out, you can see in Muslims, I was three weeks in that house and like no one can really say a bad word about me and I don't say mm. a bad word about anyone because like I like, like, try my best to carry myself like in a certain way in day-to-day life. Mm. And I just thought, this is bullshit. I was so much happier when I was teaching. Like mm. what was like... That's the thing, you, the minute you step into the spotlight, you're asking 
for the good and the bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like as as a as a woman though, yeah? yeah. Like, I don't even have to say this as a selfish woman. As a woman, how do you do stuff like that, man? Do you know what's embarrassing? People don't realise like your family's reading that. Yeah. Like my mum's reading that, my brother's yeah. reading that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, my yeah, students yeah. are reading that and it's embarrassing. Yeah. But I think after that I feel like nothing can get much worse. Yeah. So I made a real conscious decision at that point to like stay like steer away from anything religiously linked and culturally yeah, linked yeah. so you have to kind of plan your steps yeah better. and I was like very strategic in the fact that I want to move into the mainstream now yeah, so yeah. I plotted and like alhamdulillah like, I did it like well yeah. I think and yeah. I started doing more mainstream stuff yeah. and now I mean the mind the thing is if you've got something substantial to say about me say it I'm mm. all ears like cuss them on bro no 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 I'm here for, <laughs> I won't even cuss your mum send mom. them my way bro I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you you can cuss their mum like yeah. I'm here for criticism and I'm here for yeah. constructive criticism yeah. but if you're just gonna be a dick and you're just gonna say oh you're a prostitute yeah. it's not it's not upsetting anymore like oh come face. with some legitimate criticism and i'll listen to you i, I understand yeah because even um like when i make my content i have to I have to always describe it as surface level because the minute you make islamic content or muslim related content right you could be about it could be about praying or doing this or doing that you just get yeah thousand people from different madhubs yeah saying oh but that's not right yeah. and that's not right and that's not right so even me i have to tailor my content to be in a way where no one's arguing yeah. you still get that one or two dumb comments and it's a shame because we yeah. should do more to kind of we should elevate each other exactly we should elevate each other yeah but going back to the industry right so you were saying how um the people higher up didn't know what to do with you right? yeah i saw you tweet something about a show that you uh i tried to, you tried to <laughs> what did put like together to and then Netflix made the exact same thing. Oh yeah. Right. So I've I've been in that situation before. I've pitched something to a broadcast company, and it was a sick idea. Spent ages on the treatment, made it look so nice for them to turn around and say it looks great. But we've got something similar, and I looked at what they thought was similar. Mm. Like this is not yeah. similar, bruv. Like, <laughs> it, do you know what I'm saying? It was literally like black and white, not yeah. similar. But like, you're always uh, like I said, you're doing all these you know amazing documentaries and programs how do you pitch to broadcasting companies because you, you've got your foot in the door right? how do you pitch to them and like do it in a way where it's like all right cool this is what i want to do like yeah you find a struggle with that because yeah massive massively like mm. that's like so it's not just me no 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 i think and actually when i tweeted about it i felt a lot better because i felt like oh this happens to loads of other people yeah, as yeah, well yeah. um and it's not just me it's really frustrating that's like my biggest struggle i think day to day mm. is so i have links now i've obviously over the last three years i have got to know lots of different production companies and mm. then i know some commissioners who directly work for a broadcast as so a commissioners within the bbc mm. so depending on my idea if i feel like I can write a treatment myself and just send it directly to a commissioner. I'll email it directly over and say, I've had this idea, what do you think? Mm. Um, if I feel like I need a bit of help, but I've got a really great concept, I'll send it to a production company and say, do you want to work on this with me? Mm. And then we'll have a phone call. And if I feel like they kind of get the vision, we'll work mm. on it together. Um, nine out of 10 times, they don't get the vision. I think it's because the TV industry is predominantly um, made up of white middle-class people, mm -hmm. particularly white middle-class males. I love how you say it, so polite. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say, basically, yeah, everyone higher up is wet, they don't understand the mandem, and they don't give me a chance, innit? Like, that's how I would say it, but you're <laughs> But I think they don't understand, and it's, again, it's not because people are inherently evil or bad people, no, or no, no. it's because 
didn't get their experience kids. is so far removed from yours like mm. they don't have this i'm listen i was born in hackney brought up in tottenham from a working class background i lived mm. on top of a shop in a council estate mm-hmm. like i'm pakistani i'm muslim i have my background is not something that these people understand so things that i will find interesting or people like me will find interesting they don't and that's again it's not it's with the best will and intention in the world they just don't get it Mm. so they'll say well you know (laughs) um i feel like it's not going to appeal to our mainstream audience or they'll say yes but can we change it and make it really shit or they'll say, um, <laughs> or, or if it's something to do with women, if it's like female related, they'll say, oh, but you know, in 2001, we had something quite similar. So it's like, well, we can only make something about women every 20 years. What? So, yeah, even though what? it's over 50% of the, of the planet. So I'm tired of hearing this. the most frustrating is then when you see someone else like mm. Netflix make that idea and you're like, told you so. Yeah. So we're like, uh, I was watching your uh, docu- your program documentary slash documentary, the um, truth about cosmetic yeah. surgery, and I was just like, I just, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I just forwarded it to your bits, so I was scanning through it and just saw you. And I was like, Can oh. I tell you the truth? Huh? Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna get in trouble. I forwarded to my bits. Too. <laughs> I'm seeing everyone forward to their own bits, bro. But I was forwarding it, and then I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then literally there was one guy who was like, touching your nose and telling you, and then you were like. I'm fine with my weird nose. <laughs> I started laughing. And then I folded it again. Then I see some man chopping up woman's body like a saw. That I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, they were taking the bum fat and they were putting it into her face. I was like, bro, this is some saw five yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell is That's this? my favourite scene. I love that. And then you was like, <laughs> <laughs> you were wearing masks before. Masks was a trend, yeah. And I was like, bro, this is some crazy stuff. But like, is there, obviously, pitch, imagine, okay, just imagine the pitch, whoever was accepting your pitch said yes, yeah. What kind of crazy, uh, or it doesn't have to be crazy, what kind of program would you really, really want to present? Do you know what I really want to do? One of the things I really want to do, I want to make a talk show yeah. like Loose Women okay. for women, yeah. with great women yeah. talking about women's issues, yeah. but make it young and make it diverse. So I want like a bit like Wendy, but not celebrity gossip, like a bit like Loose Women. I just want it like, I don't think we see enough female representation on telly. And I think that would be really great. Like if you had a panel of me and like a couple of other really great, young, clever women, and then we talked about stuff. I'd like to do that. That's dope. Yeah. Hey, yo, BBC, Netflix, ITV, all of you. But you know what? You've come full circle because I've seen on your Twitter, like you're doing the teaching awards. Yeah. And I saw you like presenting a teaching award to one of the teachers behind a tree. Yeah. And look, her face was all like, oh my god. Like, I, you know what? That was that was really nice to see because um, I've got two awards, mashallah. And getting getting the award, that feeling you can never describe. You can never describe. So to wrap up, what I want you to do? Go on. I want you to present <laughs> to me. Yeah. This um, Sonic Award. Yeah. Let's call it a Sonic, Sonic Award. Sonic Award. For best actor. Okay. Let me paint the picture for you. Yeah. yeah. Pandemic's over. Yeah. There's 10,000 people in the arena right now. I'm in a tuxedo waiting backstage. Yeah. All right. You've got your fancy dress on. Dress. Yeah. Mm. You've had your makeup done by the most famous makeup artist ever. Yeah. You've been asked to present to me the best actor, actor. award mm. for the Sonic Awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. Take it away. You see, you hear that gulp? <laughs> you, you, she's sort of the, she's sort of the spit. <laughs>
I'm not an actor, Issa. Like, I don't, I'm not good You're at presenter. this. presenter. Present the award. Okay. Go for it. And the winner of the Sonic Best Actor Award goes to... <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased about this because this is a guy who actually I did a podcast with once upon a time and he's so incredibly talented and so incredibly kind and I'm I'm grateful that I can call him a friend. The winner is Isla. Hey. Yeah, man. Should it again? No, that was dope. Okay. You even did like the whole envelope. Yeah, yeah, did the like, envelope. <laughs> Some fake shocks, man. You were not, you were not shocked that I won that. Thank you, Marine. Where can everyone find everyone find you? Not like on the street in the car, yeah. um, but where can everyone find you? <laughs> I love how we're able to make a joke about it now. Yeah. But where can everyone find you so we can follow you? Not physically. Or, you know what? It'll be on it'll be in the description below. Let's just yeah, let's, let's just leave. <laughs> That's a wrap, guys. That's a wrap. Oh my god. Thank you, man. I enjoyed that. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. Did yeah. you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. It turned into a counselling session. It did. Uh, it did feel like a counselling session. Yeah, sorry. Do you feel good? I feel like that was hugely therapeutic for me, yeah. but I kind of made your fun podcast into like no, no, a, no. A, an account of my personal woes. No, no. If you <laughs> if you said it was therapeutic, then it was it